Good morning. It's so good to see everyone here. Merry Christmas once again, and uh, thankful that you're joining us here, whether it's in person or online. Uh, my name is Chris, one of the pastors, and John's already been up here, and Nick was just sharing with us. And uh, what we did at the, the beginning of this year, and maybe even a little bit into 2020, was after each Sunday service, we would go online, and we would have a look back. We would talk about what we had talked about on Sunday. We would just go back and forth and have conversation about whatever came up. Uh, sometimes it was ridiculous. Uh, sometimes we were laughing, and other moments were really serious. And so as we were looking at what are we going to do the day after Christmas, we wanted to look back at the year, and we wanted to have a format like this. So we're going to have a conversation, but you also are going to be part of the conversation. And so we want to hear from you. And uh, right now, first service is my favorite service because they participated well. And so you're slacking right now. You're way behind. So uh, there's an expectation that you're going to participate and then maybe get up there to first service or become equal. Uh, we'll see how you do and maybe even surpass first service. Uh, so we'll just see how this goes. And We'll post it online later. Yes. Who won? Yes. It'll be awesome. Yes, absolutely. So we will publicly shame one of the services. So... <laughs> Um, so uh, the three questions that we're going to pose to you, I didn't do this in the first service, so you're getting a head start, is uh, what is something you learned this year in 2021? What is something you're leaving behind this past year? Something that you just, you participated in, um, like for example, someone said fear. They said they're leaving fear behind in this year and they're moving forward in faith, just as an example. So you can't use that answer. So you can't use fear, that's right. Nope. So <laughs> that's off the table. Um, and then the third question is really looking on to 2022, but I'm not even going to pose that one right now. Um, so really, what did you learn this year? Uh, what are you leaving behind? And then we'll potentially get to that third question. So, so yesterday was Christmas. Um, anything memorable from Christmas uh, yesterday, either one of you guys? So uh, yesterday was Christmas, and we had a great family gathering with Elsie's side of the family. It's good seeing some of you guys made it here this morning. And uh, we had 28 of us in the house yesterday, all just the immediate family, you know, siblings and spouses and grandkids. And we had a lot of fun yesterday just opening gifts. And uh, it was not without its tears and, you know, moments of uh, craziness with, with gifts and everything everywhere, but it was a lot of fun. So just uh, good getting to have everybody together. I posed a question to Nick, but I'll ask the group here. Was that adults or kids crying Yesterday. Yes. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I believe it. So I don't know if you know this, but Nick is a big crier. So he, he was having a hard time. We have Kleenex up here for yeah. him. There we go. It's over there. Uh, for me, mine was a kind of a personal story that I'll get into. But uh, Nick told the great news earlier about Sherry's granddaughter. And um, I felt it impressed on me to share that with Evie, my oldest before bed. So I was like, hey, listen to the story. How amazing is it that there is this Christmas miracle that happened that this baby um, is healthy and okay. And I was like, it was a miracle. And Evie just slowly raised her arms and was like, and it reminded me of the sloth from Zootopia. But <laughs> at the same time, it was really cool because she got it. Like she was super excited. And the next words out of her mouth were, and this will make sense in a minute, I wish that had happened for Ava. And for those of you that don't know, sorry, this is getting me a little bit harder in the service. 
a couple years ago, Angela and I lost a baby, and we were sure it was a girl, and we were going to name her Ava. So Evie then said, um, did, were you close to these people? And I, I was like, well, I, I know Sherry, the grandmother. She was like, well, what would they name the baby? And I was like, I don't know. I don't remember. I, th I think it's in the email. So I pulled up the email as we were standing there, and I was like, Evie, you're never going to guess this. They named their baby Ava. And Evie and I had this moment of just like, wow, you know, it's amazing. And it was just this really cool moment of realizing Ava survived. And that, um, you know, even though we lost Ava, they were able to have Ava. And there was a miracle there. And just how amazing that is for the Kelly family. Um, and it was also just kind of like a peaceful moment for us. And I went and shared that with Angela, and we had that moment together. So I know that's a le not like celebratory in that sense, but at the same time, it was something that we just felt like mm -hmm. God was giving us a glimpse there. So it was pretty cool. Absolutely. A yeah. gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, gifts from God, and whether that's gathering with family and, and the highs of that or the, the moments of just um, remembering and uh, what God has done and what God will continue to do uh, in that remembrance and, and time. So, yeah, yeah our, our Christmas was really different uh, than we planned. And as I was thinking about it is that we never had a Christmas like this as we had plans to visit family, but unfortunately weren't able to for a couple of reasons. And, uh, and so, therefore, it was the four of us at home on Christmas Day, and we had never had that experience. And uh, although it was chaotic in the change of plans, uh, it was, there was moments of sweetness and time together and really a, a beautiful thing that we would not experienced uh, with just the four of us um, to have Christmas together. And so I think that's something that I'll remember uh, in, in, as we look back in this season. So... Uh, two days ago, we gathered here. Some of you mentioned, uh, it's like, I just saw you, you know, when you walked in the door. Uh, we gathered here two days ago for Christmas Eve service, and it was amazing to be together. And just, we were really thankful to have both services and uh, to, to worship, to celebrate. Uh, but it got us thinking, too, about last Christmas Eve, the previous Christmas Eve. And I know we're talking about the look back for this year, but we're going to go back a few days into 2020. And uh, anyone remember 2020 Christmas Eve here at the church? Anyone here? Okay, let me give you a, uh, a quick snapshot here. Is that we were not in here. We were in the parking lot. We had a giant semi-flatbed out there with a tent we somehow rigged up. And uh, many of you were in cars, nice and warm, and it was not warm outside. And before I go any further... I'm, I know some of this is your guys' look back, is what do you remember from Christmas Eve, two Christmas Eves ago? Um, I don't remember anything for about Christmas Eve two weeks after, because my brain froze solid that night. And uh, No, what I do remember is MZ and I huddled over our instruments uh, with multiple layers on. We had propane heaters, we had space heaters, we had uh, the hand warmers in our gloves, in our pockets, everywhere. We were just freezing, huddled over, trying to play piano and guitar, and closing out Silent Night last year was vastly different than it was this year. I couldn't feel my hands, and I wasn't sure if I was even playing the guitar last year uh, compared to this year, nice and warm. Um, but it was also a special time, and, um, you know, 
I'm jealous of everyone that was in their car, but <laughs> it was still a really uh, unique time that I hope we never have to do again. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. Yes, very special, very unique. And uh, I remember, you know, being out there, it was like 18 degrees and quite windy. And uh, it, after hours of getting stuff set up and then having service, and I remember going up to close out the service, and my whole face was so frozen that I could barely, I couldn't move my facial muscles to talk. And so my speech was all slurred. I'm sure everybody's in their cars like, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, and just trying to close out service. And then, you know, sometimes when you get like really tired or really cold or whatever, you're not normal, you just get overly emotional. And so I'm just finding myself up there like, oh my goodness, I, I'm not really much of a crier normally. But I was struggling being up there trying to close out service and like just finish it out, just get it done, get the people out of here, like get off stage. And, uh, and so it was a really- we all felt too. Yes. <laughs> It was a really sweet, fun, fun evening together, but again, not one that I would like to have every year. It was great being in here this, this year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a powerful night, both Christmas Eves, but I do remember most of the people in their cars, nice and warm, but there was a hardcore committed crew of people with their camping chairs right in front of the stage, and that was just a, a cool thing as they were out there freezing with us, and they're like, we are going to participate as close as we can uh, and freeze as well. So just as Christmas Eve affected, uh, we were affected Christmas Eve 2020, uh, really 2020 and 2021 were defined by COVID. There's no argument that it has radically uh, defined and impacted all of our lives in every arena, every possible way, uh, including the church and how we do church. Uh, we were looking back, and we'll mention this here in a short while most likely, is that as we looked at this last year, it has not felt like 365 days. Uh, someone said to me is that a COVID year feels like a dog year in the sense of it feels like seven years when it's only been one year. And uh, some of you may have felt that way as we have gone through this year and uh, in the year before that. Um, but we, as we've moved into 2021, there was three key words or phrases that we communicated. Uh, if you were to go into my office, they're still on my board. Uh, something we talked about as a staff, something that we were intentional about in framing and choosing what we did here at the church is uh, the first of that is to regather. It was essential for us to regather. And that was so important is that uh, the way we had gathered in 2020 and how we were regathering, uh, we needed to be very intentional about that to continue to come back together. We also wanted to cultivate community. So part of that regathering was how do we reform community? There's no doubt that COVID interrupted community here at the church, without question. Uh, we had something like 150 plus people involved in small groups. Um, you know, the place you know, filled here in second service uh, is that the community uh, and the group's meeting had just stopped. And so we had to figure out how do we cultivate community. And the third thing was care, is how do we care for one another? Not just how do we care, but how do we care for each other? And so those were three major things, is regathering, cultivating community, and creating uh, a, a community or a culture of care. And so as you hear those phrases again, um, what are some things that you remember from this year looking back uh, that, that were impacted by those or related to those? So two Christmas Eves ago, we were talking about going to three services yeah. because we had so many people at that service. And then the next Christmas we were outside, and then this Christmas we had two services. So it, it does go to show you how much everything has been impacted. But when we started to talk about the things that we did in 2021, uh, I was like, that was this year. 
when we went to three services. We had three services. We had the youth room open, and it just felt like that was so long ago. Um, and they'll talk a little bit about the chairs and how things were different in here too, but it just, um, it was not an easy decision. It was not an easy transition. Um, none of what was decided during that season, and even now, is easy. But I'm so grateful f- for our volunteers, specifically our tech crew, who stepped up during that time, who was here very long hours for all three services. Um, the Browns for the equipment. The, br- <clears throat> the Browns for helping us during the, when it got warmer and we were able to go outside. Um, I said in first service, I think some people just think there's a magic switch and oh, there's a sound system and everything's ready to go. And that's totally not the case. You know, we had a lot of man hours put into it and a lot of revamping of systems here and outside. And we're just so grateful to those that were willing um, and truly were willing to step in and do those things uh, so that we could regather. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that was just earlier this year. We, uh, we had our three services and there was about 25 people in here at a time with kind of random smatterings of rows of chairs. And uh, Chris and I, the other day, we had seen a couple pictures of what it looked like in here 11 months ago. It was, it was just vastly different from what we see here today. And uh, I was thinking about with these ideas of, of regathering in community and, you know, it's, it's hard to regather. It's hard to have good community when you're not actually together. And sure, you know, we were doing things online and some in person and whatever that looked like. It's progressed a lot over the course of this year. But it's really difficult to do those things when you're not actually together. And ironically, at the beginning of the year, we even did a sermon series called Better Together and talking about community. And here we were talking about being better together, but we weren't really together physically. Uh, and so it's, it's just crazy to look back on that and think about, okay, so if it's really important for us to care for people and, and bring about that community, how do we do that when we're not together? And I think that's been a huge lesson, at least for me and, and maybe for a lot of us this past year, is as a church, we're still called to love people, to care for people, to grow in relationships with people. And, and maybe that whole spending of time looks a little bit different. Uh, but that's still, still something that we're called to. And so just the challenges of, of figuring that out uh, in a pandemic and how things need to look a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm not going to say we've got it all figured out, but I think we've made a lot of progress uh, as a staff who want to care for you all, and then as a church, caring for each other, caring for our community. And I know that God's got a lot of awesome things in store he's going to continue to do through us as we seek to, to be together, to be one community that's focused on him as we care for the people around us. Yeah, it was really neat to see groups start to regather, and one of the groups, the group that we first had gathered back was the prayer group, and the prayer group met in the youth room, and, or the kids' room there, down there, and also online. Uh, just as that value of, of the foundation of prayer. And then we slowly saw other groups gather back, Awana relaunch, uh, kids' small group, um, just different environments uh, to come back uh, over time. And, and even as I say those things, it's, oh, yeah, that was this year. That seems so long ago. Uh, but we also um, looked at, like, how do we care? Is we launched Stephen Ministries, and you may have not, you, you haven't seen the impact uh, of Stephen Ministries yet because they've been training. And so this intentional care of moving forward into the next uh, channels and, and opportunities of life. But we also, um, Nick mentioned a sermon series, Better Together, is we had other sermon series that were very intentional about uh, 
our own health, short of a better word, is our spiritual, our mental, emotional, relational, every other area of health possible. And we did series one called Healthy, where we talked about you know, grief, and we talked about the past, and we talked about prayer, and we talked about slowing down. I did a series called Hurry with Hurry Crossed Out, of what does it really mean to slow? What does it mean to be in the presence of God? In a culture surrounded with the reality of death, we, leading to Easter, we did a series called From Dust to Dust, realizing that we are made of dust uh, and we will return to dust. And that was uh, nothing short than a somber number of months uh, because death has just been in our face, uh, is more so than any other time in my life is that I think of Tuesday night, we were here for our blue Christmas service, uh, giving space for those who have lost someone, who are grieving, uh, whatever it may be here. And that day before that service, I had two conversations with people who had lost a loved one close to them who had died. And it just seems to be uh, very prevalent. So we took a lot of time talking about what does it mean to live and live well, and also what does it mean to walk toward death knowing that this is a reality for all of us, and how do we lament going around versus just blindly turning an eye to that. And so it was nothing short of a, you know, a sombering, but also a, um, a time to help us as a church grow and move and, and comprehend the world we're in. Um, then we looked at a couple other series too, the church series of who we are to be. Uh, we recently came out of the one series of who is your one. So I ask you that question today. Who is your one? Do you have a one? Uh, and what I mean by that is that person that you're intentionally investing in, that you're relationally connecting with, praying that they know Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so we want to continue to think of that and pray for that person. And then also the expectations of a child series that we just walked out of uh, just uh, this last week here. So we did a number of things towards that. Uh, but we want to shift in our remaining time together and, uh, and ask some questions of you and ask some questions of us too is the first question is, is what did you learn in 2021? And so just briefly, uh, what is something that you guys learned? And then we're going to turn right away and ask you. So be thinking about something that you learned in 2021. Whoever wants to go first, Ken. I, uh, we had a, a weird start to 2021. Uh, Angela was pregnant. And this time last year, we were still up in the air of whether or not Avery was going to be delivered healthy because we had found out that there was a cyst on one of the images that we got. He ended up being fine. So we had this anticipation, everything's going to go great. And uh, my parents went to Florida, which they'll never live down, that they weren't here from my child's birth. So, uh, But no, uh, Avery decided to come early. He was super excited to meet us, and he came early. And as a result of that, we ended up in the NICU for a week, and I was traveling back and forth from Kalamazoo to Marshall, where Angela was trying to recover. But in the midst of COVID, there was a lot of protocols. So we weren't able to see each other. Um, and she wasn't able to actually hold Avery really for the first seven days of his life. And uh, there was just a lot that went on. And it was a season where I, I pushed myself to my limit of trying to do it all on my own. I really leaned on my parents um, to help with the kids and my in-laws to help with the kids. But other than that, I just ran as hard as I could trying to fix it all. Um, but it was also a time, of, a reminder of how important friends and, and community are. I was able to reach out to my old college roommates. We've been talking a lot online. Um, 
my siblings, Angela. I had a counselor that I was talking to at that time, my parents, friends, and staff. Um, because really, it was it was unexpected turmoil and unexpected joy during that season of you have this joy of having a baby, but there was so much going on. Uh, so it was a reminder of verses like this in Philippians, where it says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And for those of you that do meal trains, those mean a lot to the people that are going through things. Because the last thing you're thinking about is food. You're thinking about taking care of everything else, and that meant a lot. It supplied our needs. And then in 2 Corinthians, it says, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And how important it is to look back on that season as hard and full of turmoil, but to be in the season we are now and be able to celebrate Christmas with Avery at 10 months old and see him opening gifts and and laughing and, and so full of joy. Um, it's just a good reminder that, that God is watching over. He's in control of it all. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, I love hearing that. I think there's bits and pieces of what John just shared that I feel like I can you relate to learning, though certainly not in a similar set of circumstances. And I, I think if I had to highlight what maybe the biggest thing was that I learned this past year, it's that I can't do it all. And that that's okay. And... Uh, for those of you who, who know me or don't know me, like, I, I have high expectations of myself, and, you know, I, I, just, I just can't do it all. And I want to do the best that I can at work, here at the church, and caring for people and caring for students. But I can't be everything to everybody, and I can't be everything that I hope to be or want to be or feel like I need to be. I just can't. I'm one person. And uh, then at home taking care of my wife and soon-to-be child, like, I just, I can't do it all. And you just feel stretched so thin. And, and I know uh, people older than, and wiser than me say it just gets, work, like, just gets busier and more and more difficult to do all that. And so I, I think what I'm learning in that is, yes, that's okay. No, I'm not a failure. Do the best that I can do in God's strength and leave the results up to him. And uh, I was thinking about uh, a lot this year, this idea of doing versus being. And we're called human beings, not human doings. But I am way more of, of a doer. I have that list of things I want to get done. And I was thinking about the story of Mary and Martha, uh, sisters that Jesus visits with. And uh, Mary is the one who's sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha is running around doing all the household chores, cleaning, sweeping, doing the dishes, making the meal, all those sorts of things. I'm a Martha, 110%. I'm the one that's wanting to do all those different things instead of just sitting and being at the feet of Jesus, instead of just sitting and being with the people around me. So that's been a, a real challenge for me of recognizing that I can't do it all and that's okay. So take that step back. And when is the time for me to just simply stop the doing for a minute and just be, be still, be with, uh, be with Jesus, be with Elsie, be with the other people in my life and be okay with the fact that I can't do it all. Uh, because I have a God that I serve who is enough, who is our all in all. Uh, so that's been a huge lesson for me looking back on this past year. Excellent. That's, I appreciate you guys sharing. 
What about you? They're going to move, Nick and John are going to move out towards you. So if you want to share, what did you learn this year? They're going to move towards you. So raise your hand. Um, as they move out, don't be shy. Uh, remember, you're competing against the first service. Uh, so who's going to share? What did you learn? Thank you. Appreciate you, Stacey. Bear with me a little bit. I've got a lot to say in a short time. So um, my life, I have dealt um, strongly with anxiety, very major. And this past year, well, the past couple of years, depression got really hard um, to the point that I ended up in the hospital this summer for 12 days. Um, and it really just made me focus on stopping I actually had my hurry book with me while in the hospital, and I actually sat and read it a few times, to stop and just think about the people around you, think about um, how much God actually does love me, no matter what I do, um, that he is not holding on to my past. He let it go. He gave me grace. He forgave me. Um, reaching out to my family and friends and knowing that they love me very much and that um, I'm important, I'm worthy, my, my core goal has apparently been I'm worthless and helpless, and so that is something that I've really been working on this year and trying to um, remind myself that God loves me and that he is not leaving me no matter what, that joy that's there. And um, like Nick, I did watch It's a Wonderful Life last night with my husband. He picked it for some reason. He's like, we haven't watched this in a long time. Let's watch it. And I bawled my eyes out at the end of it because it just reminded me that I have life this year. My depression did not hold on to me. It did not keep me there. It didn't hold me. I let it go. Mm -hmm. And just to be reminded that there are people in my life that need me and I need to be here. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's good to, good to be back um, with, with my family here in Michigan from New York. But uh, I was just thinking back, uh, we actually had a I sit down with one of our pastors and his family, uh, some of the worship leaders at our church back in New York, and we were just kind of talking about some of the same things and what do we learn. And um, both Megan and I recently read a book uh, called If by Mark Batterson. Uh, you're probably familiar with him, uh, the author. But uh, it was really challenging us as, as Christians to go beyond our, our self-imposed limits and expectations and actually kind of say, you know, what you know, what does God have in store for us? And so it was really good for, for us as a family and as a church to consider some of those things, those, those great expectations that we should, we should kind of reframe in our own mind. So um, 2021 was definitely a year of overcoming, a year of healing for our family in many ways, mm. um, and a year of, of stretching our expectations about what God wants mm. to do for us. Awesome. Thank you, Timothy. What'd you learn? Thank you so much, both of you. What'd you learn? Well, kind of like uh, a baseball game when all of a sudden the pitcher throws a curveball that you don't expect. Um, life is like that. And you think you're just going along and all of a sudden there's a, a dead end or the road stops or there's a hole in the road or, you know, what have you. 
Um, doors close, doors open. Uh, and the amazing thing is that sometimes a door closes and you think, well, wait a minute, what's, what's this for? Um, but you have to be willing to let God open another door and when that door opens, to walk through it. And sometimes you, you find a door that you didn't even know existed. And if you don't walk through that, you can miss uh, what God has in store. Uh, and miss everything that he wants to bless you with. So we, we'd like to go through life with sometimes tunnel vision uh, because, hey, this is great. And we miss the scenery along the way and miss other opportunities. So keep your eyes open. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. Well, uh, one big thing I've learned uh, over this last uh a few years is uh, especially this year. Um, is uh, letting go of your doubts. You know, I've had a lot of doubts of whether I was really truly saved or not with my faith, and uh, I had a lot of doubts in my mind going through, like looking back of man, am I really going to miss the mark here? I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And, um, you know, I've been away from the church for so long. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of nights were spent on my knees praying, desiring that relationship with God. And uh, just recently I went back into reading the Bible and uh, trying to fix the mess, you know, that I inflicted upon myself and, um, you know, like I shared in my uh, testimony video, you know, when I came across that, I've come across multiple verses since then um, about God being able to come back and bring me back into the family, back into the fold and save me and uh, renewed my faith and uh, restored me. So no matter how how far you distance yourself from God, you know, he's he's... As long as you uh, desire that relationship to come back, he will bring you back. And, uh, you know, and my family's come along too, you know, and um, something amazing this past year for Thanksgiving and even Christmas, you know, I, you know, we started praying before our meals again and, you know, bringing that tradition back too. That's something we would just plop down and start eating and not even give thanks to God or nothing, so... You know, and uh, this church and this community has really helped me come along, too. So I thank everybody here and uh, everybody that I've got to know so far. You guys have been awesome. Thanks, Charlie. So I'm going to add to the conversation a little bit here is uh, something that you're leaving behind. So maybe something you learned, but also that you're leaving behind. And the word for me is control. Uh, I love when things are in order, that it goes A, B, C, D, my spreadsheets, my list. I love these things. So these last two years have been a nightmare uh, because it's just not a reality. There's constant chaos and everything's bouncing off of each other. And so one big thing that I learned this year was to ask for help and not to be so self-reliant, whether that's from Joanna or the kids, uh, the staff, um, building teams and committees here. Uh, we've in my time here, um, just the last what, four or five years, we've not had so many people on teams and committees working on projects and working on different things, moving us into the next season, which we'll talk more about in the future here. 
but I'm just very thankful for this last year of, of releasing control and asking for help, not only of God, but from others. Uh, so that's something I'm really learning and want to carry forward. So what about you? What have you learned or what are you leaving behind in this last year? Someone else. So I've been um, battling with like anxiety and stuff too. Even right now, I'm kind of shaky. But um, my main thing that I've been learning is I don't need to do things perfectly in order to do the will of God. He works through us in our weakness, and in our weakness, His strength shines through. So every time that I'm trying to do everything and make sure everybody's okay and like make sure everything in my list is checked off perfectly. I realize the more I worry about it, the more difficult it gets to actually do those things. And the more that I have trust in God, the more his light shines through and his hope and his patience and his honesty and the genuine care for people comes through when you actually can relax and trust that everything will be okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Someone else. Look at that run. Such grace and elegance. Hello. I'd just uh, like to share, I'm, I'm a high school teacher, so this has been a rather challenging time, but also a time I, I try to emphasize with my students that we, sometime you know, in life, you know, there's times that it kind of brings us back to reality. And, you know, we, we take a lot of things for granted when things are going relatively well. And I say on the positive side, this is a time that we could focus on what's really important, our friends, our family, our health. And I also shared some stories from history. I had grandparents of an age range where they grew up in World War I, the Depression, and World War II, and the polio outbreak. So I said, relative to that generation's, you know, we've had it relatively good. This in my lifetime, I'm 58 years old, this is the first thing like this in my life. And I tell them that too, I never experience anything like this. And I said, the stories I heard from them, you know, what they went through, World War I, depression, polio, the vaccine coming out, the national hero wiping out polio, World War II, build, building our country again, they went through 10 times what we went through. And not that it takes away from what we're going through and the hardships, but we can do it. I said, we need to help each other, and as Christians, we need to love each other and support each other and trust in God. And, and this is also a time, a great opportunity I've been sharing with friends. A lot of my friends that maybe didn't think a lot about spiritual things before, like life is good, I don't really need to think about this, are now listening more. And I'm trying to encourage more to come to church or, you know, things like that. So that's another opportunity. So help each other, support each other, love each other, and spread the gospel because I think this might be a golden opportunity to reach some people that might otherwise have been harder to reach. So. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. One more. Who's got it? Who's had that nudge that's just been fighting, putting their hand up? One more. Um, I don't know if you know this, but... This year, I, right, you do it to me all Join the time. Join my now wife. I, so. Now I get to do it back to you. Um, I learned how to grieve this year. I, I like happy things. I gravitate to happy things and push past hard things because that's not fun. Um, and 
so many people that I love and care for have experienced uh, tremendous loss this year. So I have learned and am learning how to grieve with them, how to sit in sad times instead of just push past them. Um, so that's, uh, I found God in that, not just in the happy times, but he really sits with you in grief too when you allow yourself uh, to take a moment to sit there. So I have learned how to grieve. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, as we move towards wrapping this time up, um, thank you. The word vulnerability just comes to mind in this service. I appreciated your vulnerability. Uh, and vulnerability is powerful. Uh, so, man, whatever we can do to take that into this next year, us here, all of us as a church, uh, that's uh, something that the world is going to see and, and be drawn to. Um, so... Nick and John, um, just any thoughts that you may have as we start to wrap this up? Um, something you've been reflecting on or maybe something you haven't said yet? The, the verse, 1 Corinthians 13 verses comes to mind. And I posted this in Facebook earlier this week. Uh, it says, if I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Because love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So, the world is full of noise right now. Unfortunately, some of that noise is from the church, causing chaos. And if there's one thing that I know for sure, it's something my parents told me over and over again out of the Bible, God is not the author of chaos. And if what we're hearing is noise, I don't want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of love, perfect love that we have in Jesus Christ and God. And that we need to understand as a church, we have, and that we should be providing to the world, not adding to the noise, but trying to drown out that noise with the love of God. And if we could do that, then we could bring a lot of unity within the church and within this world. And that's really what's on my heart for 2022, is that I don't want to be noise. I can be super noisy, you know that. <laughs> but I want to know that people are not hearing noise from me, that they're hearing the love of God. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Thanks, John. Just adding on to that, too, as we move ahead into a new year, uh, some of you may be like New Year's resolution people or goals or anything like that, you know, as you kind of turn, turn over a new leaf. And if you're not, that's totally cool, too. But what I want to encourage and challenge you all with is to take the next step forward, whatever that means for you, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. I don't know what that is for you. I don't 
honestly know what that is for me right now. I haven't thought about that too much. But what is that next step forward, that next step of faith that you need to trust God with? Because we can't just stay here. We want to continue to take those steps of faith, to trust God, to grow us, to shape us, to make us more like him. And so even here as we've got a few more days left in the year and, and then moving into 2022, just take some time and ask God, what is, what is that for you? What is that next step forward, that step of faith that he is calling you to take? And then take that, trust him in that. Because if you're taking that step of faith and leaving the results up to him, God's gonna do awesome things in you and he's gonna do awesome things through you. Good word. Thank you, Nick. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, hope for 2022 and uh, some of the stuff that we had thought maybe we'd have time to talk about here, but we found very quickly in first service we didn't have time. And so next week, we're going to talk about that hope. Uh, but my, my going out of here uh, is, is that we would have the same mindset as Christ, as Paul said to the church at Philippi. Because if we have the same mindset as Christ, that impacts our words, it impacts our actions, it impacts what we we do with our day and how we love or how we move forward and whatever it is, that we would have the same mindset as Christ. Uh, we as the church would be this contrast community that we've talked about up here today that John was referring to as a community of love, uh, that it would just, it would it'd be a powerful thing and that we would be transformed by what God is doing in us and then through us. And uh, we're really excited about what this next year holds. This last year, uh, with regathering, with cultivating community, with care, these are still things we're going to work on. But really, this year has been one of, of a lot of foundational work of looking at who we are, what we're about, why we do what we do, uh, and who we want to be moving forward. And, and so there's been a lot of people working on things. And my prayer is that in 2022, we'll see this fruit, and you'll start to see some of these things unfolding, uh, which I'll share some of them next week. Uh, and uh, it'll be, it's an exciting time to be a part of what God's doing here. And, uh, and so we're just thrilled about that. And so I'm just really thankful that you all uh, were here today, that we continue to celebrate Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us here today, and uh, that you participated, uh, whether you verbally participated or whether you listened. But here's what I encourage you to take out. What is it that you're hoping for and praying for? And when I say hope, this confident expectation from Jesus, what are you hoping for and praying for in 2022? You personally, what is that? And then how do we start praying? How do you start praying intentionally toward that and what God lays on your heart? As we close out 2021 and as we move into 2022, I want to pray a prayer of blessing, uh, a traditional prayer of blessing found in the book of Numbers. It's a priestly blessing. And so uh, if you so choose, you can open your hands just to receive, but nonetheless receive these words as I pray these. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord Jesus, we pray these things. We trust you in all things. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the church. Thank you for Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.